Tonight I'll be reading first from the Heidelberg Catechism, and then I'll be reading from Romans chapter 8. From the Heidelberg Catechism, I'll be reading Lord's Day 10, which is question and answer 27 and 28. It's up on the projection screens. What do you understand by the providence of God? Providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which he upholds, as with his hand, heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? We can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing will separate us from his love. All creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they can neither move nor be moved. Let's also turn to our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I'll be reading verses 31 to 39 of Romans chapter 8. This is God's word to us this evening. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's this classic television show called Hogan's Heroes. The premise of this comedy is that there's a bunch of allied prisoners in a German prisoner of war camp who are able to do all kinds of resistance work right under the noses of the German prison guards. They dig tunnels, they blow up railroad bridges, they steal secret enemy plans, and they pretty much do whatever they want. Now, of course, for all of this to work, the German prison guards in that show have to be pretty clueless, and for the most part, they are. But there's this one German soldier who has a problem. His name is Sergeant Schultz, and he is a very large and very happy German man. He doesn't really want to be part of the war. He just wants to stay out of trouble, but he keeps running into the prisoners doing all their resistance work. When he's assigned a patrol outside the camp, he bumps into the prisoners 
coming back from blowing up a bridge. When he's assigned to guard the camp supplies, he walks in to find the prisoners hauling boxes and boxes and boxes of things away into their tunnel system. When he needs to round up a work group, he goes into the prisoners' barracks and he finds them all dressed up as German generals out to cause who knows what kind of trouble. But Schultz doesn't want to cause any waves. He doesn't want any trouble, so he won't acknowledge any of these problems. Schultz has this trademark line that he utters at least a couple times every episode. He'll walk in on some situation and he'll demand to know what's going on. But once he realizes that something isn't right, prisoners of war should not have boxes of dynamite in their barracks. Prisoners of war should not be dressed up as German generals or whatever it is in that episode. But once Schultz realizes what's going on, he snaps to attention. He says, I see nothing, nothing. And then he turns around and he leaves as quickly as he can. Schultz doesn't want to face reality. So instead, show after show after show, he just keeps saying, I see nothing, nothing. Now sometimes, when Paul says things like, nothing can separate us from the love of God, we can feel like he's pulling a Schultz. Sure, he mentions some hard things, but it can seem like he just kind of glides over them. Maybe sometimes we experience this passage as if Paul shows up looks at the trouble of life, says, I see nothing, nothing, and then says a few nice things about how God takes care of us before he's out the door and running away from our troubles. But wait a minute here. Nothing is able to separate us from God's love? Nothing? Really? In this world, lots of things are against us. We could easily make a long list of things that would seem like pretty good candidates to separate us from the love of God. For example, in the reading from the Heidelberg Catechism for tonight, the Catechism mentions drought and lean years and poverty and sickness. And those are all still things that we have here today. I have a fair amount of extended family out in Iowa and South Dakota, and 2012 was a really, really rough year for them, especially for the people who are farmers. We visited my wife's grandparents' farm that summer, and it was depressing. They had basically had a drought for weeks upon weeks upon weeks, and their corn was dying in the fields. Now, usually if we visit the farm out there around August, there's these nice, tall, green, wavy bits of corn, and driving around the fields there, you could almost convince yourself that you're just floating on a sea of green. But that summer... Basically, all we saw was fields of dead yellow corn stalks. Already in July and August, farmers had started just plowing their crops over and hoping that the next year would be better. Instead of fields of green, it felt like we were driving through yellow deserts of burnt-out fields. There were maybe a few spots of green where people had irrigation systems set up, but those felt like islands or oases in the middle of dead yellow deserts. Now, obviously... The farmers really struggled with this. Day after day, they were watching their crops and their livelihood shrivel and die. And they couldn't do a thing about it. They prayed for rain. They went to God and they begged for rain. They hoped desperately for rain. And no rain came. The drought persisted. The crops died. Now, farmers' troubles are sometimes more obvious than other people's, but pretty much everybody has lean years. The crops don't come in, or the factory closes, or the business falls apart, or our salary takes a huge cut, and we look at the bills, and we look at the bank account, 
and we wonder how in the world this is ever going to work out okay. And what about sickness? We could go on and on about that tonight. In most churches, all you have to do is read the announcements in the bulletin to get a pretty long list of things that can go wrong with our bodies. For some people, it's a heart attack or a stroke or a fall. For other people, it's some sort of sickness that just eats up days and weeks and months and even years of our lives. So maybe Paul's list grabs us tonight, and maybe it doesn't. But we can sure make up a list of our own. What will separate us from the love of God in Christ? Well, what about bad crops and unemployment and disease? Oh, and what about death and divorce and depression? And how about a few other things we could throw in there too? Whether we think about around the world or just in this room tonight, there are plenty of things that seem like they're really against us. Life can easily leave us wondering if the love of Christ is really, really with us. Sometimes in the midst of hard things, it's, how to, it's hard to see how God is on our side. Sometimes we don't feel anything like conquerors. In fact, if anything, we feel like the losers of the bunch. We're like sheep in line at the slaughtering house. And actually, that's how, exactly how Paul describes the Christians of his time in verse 36. He doesn't say they're lions on the prowl, in control, and doing good. He doesn't even say they're deer on the run who maybe would have some hope of running away from their troubles. Instead, Paul says we're like sheep to be slaughtered. Now, we've probably heard the list of troubles in verse 35 a bunch of times. You know the list. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and the sword. You may have heard those a thousand or ten thousand times in your life, so much so that maybe they've acquired sort of that warm, fuzzy, holy glow that some things have for us. But this isn't just a list that Paul made up off the top of his head. Paul's not slapping his hands over his eyes and saying, I see nothing, nothing with regard to life's life's troubles. The list in verse 35 is a list of what Paul himself experienced in his own life following Christ. Let me read you a little bit from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul gives a list of some things that he'd experienced as hardships in his own life. There Paul says, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Paul is the first to admit that there are plenty of things that try to separate us from the love of God. It had to be painfully obvious to him that there were all kinds of things that really are against us. So Paul isn't just doing some pious pretending in these verses from Romans 8. He writes these words because Christians do have trouble and do sometimes feel cut off from God. 
Paul has been there, and he is being brutally honest. He has been one of the sheep on the slaughtering floor, and it is not a nice place to be. But there's this funny little phrase in verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, maybe we'd like the text to read that because we're Christians, because we're in Christ, we're free from all trouble, struggle, and pain. If Romans had said, we are more than conquerors over all of these things, that might be easier to understand sometimes. But what the text actually tells us is that we are more than conquerors in all of these things. But in kind of a strange twist, that's actually good news because we do, in fact, experience all kinds of trouble in our lives. Honestly, if the Bible told us that Christians wouldn't have any struggle in their lives, we might have to wonder if we're really Christians, because everybody has struggles in their lives. Everybody at one time or another in this broken world will struggle with something. There are no free passes. Everybody has some pain and some trouble to go through. But even when our lives aren't perfect, even in our struggles, even in the midst of this messy, broken, sometimes awful world, we in Christ have the victory. And he doesn't allow anything to separate us from his love. Romans 8 doesn't tell us that things will be easy. That is never guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is that our Lord will not allow anything to get in the way of the love that he has for us in for us in Christ. And that's why Paul gives us that long list in verses 38 and 39. He's not content just to throw it out there that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Instead, he says that nothing, including angels, demons, the present, the future, powers, height and depth, and everything else in all creation, none of that is ever able to get around God's care for us. God is saying in these verses, nothing but nothing but nothing but nothing but nothing is ever going to separate you from my love for you. And through Romans 8 and through that passage from 2 Corinthians, we have a glimpse of Paul, one of our fellow believers, teaching but also experiencing the truth of that proclamation. Over and over again, Paul was in deep, dark trouble. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was hungry. He was just plain stressed out. But over and over again, God's loving care held true for him. When we listen to these words from Romans, we're hearing the voice of God telling us that really, really nothing can separate us from the love of God. Even in those times when we feel like doomed sheep, Jesus is holding on to us so tightly that nothing will ever get us away from him. Jesus himself is the Lamb of God who came into the world to save us from our troubles and our brokenness. Jesus came and he was a sheep on the slaughtering floor. Jesus came and he suffered. He was tempted. He was tortured. He was executed. Jesus went through incredible suffering on our behalf. And Jesus did all of that so that nothing, absolutely nothing, would ever be able to separate us from the love of God. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we'll never have any trouble in our lives, but it does mean that God is really with us all the time. Now, sometimes we experience God's presence by him taking away our troubles. We were back out on Grandpa and Grandma's farm in South Dakota this summer, this year, and people were starting to get a little bit edgy about the rain again. It had been a pretty good year up to that point, but then they'd had a couple weeks without rain, and the crops weren't looking quite so good, and people were really starting to get nervous. So people were praying. People were begging. People were hoping desperately for rain. And then one morning when we were there, it started to rain. And then it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained all day. Now, those people in South Dakota didn't go out and dance in the rain because that's not really their style, but they did stick their hands in their pockets, nod their heads, and say, yep, it sure is a good thing that God sent the rain today. I think we're going to make it this year. Sometimes God's love saves us from troubles. It spares us from sickness, and it keeps us from poverty. But other times, God's love carries us through our troubles no matter how hard they might be. I was talking with Grandma Josephine a couple days after the rain came this year, and after she, after she said how grateful she was for the rain, she paused for a minute. And then she said, but you know, God took care of us last year too. And then she told me a little story. Out in their area, every harvest time, there's a company that sends up a plane to take aerial pictures of all the farms in the area. And then a few days later, a salesman shows up and tries to convince you to buy this year's picture of your farm from the air. Now, usually those pictures show the farm surrounded by that nice sea of green. The corn is tall. It looks nice. But the picture from a couple years ago, from that year of drought, was awful. The farm looked okay, but it looked like it had been dropped in the middle of a desert. There was no life. There was no hope of harvest. There was just dead crops and dusty ground. Now, Grandma doesn't usually buy a lot of those pictures because the farm really doesn't change a whole lot from year to year, to be honest. But that year, she bought that picture and she hung it up in their bedroom where she and Grandpa would see it every night when they went to bed and every day when they got up. And then Grandma told me, I bought that picture to remind us every day that everything comes to us from God's hand. Everything is a gift. And even though last year was a really hard, hard year, you know what? God carried us through. We kept our land. We always had enough to eat. No one in the family went broke. It was hard. But no matter what, God carries us through. Through drought and lean years and sickness and poverty. While believers in Christ do face trouble and hardship, God truly is for us. Through Christ, God makes us more than conquerors even in all of these things. In Christ Jesus our Lord, God loves us with a love that goes higher and deeper than anything in all creation. And really, truly, nothing, nothing is able to separate us in the love of God. Because we know this, as the Catechism says, we can truly be patient when things go against us. We can be thankful when things go well. And for the future, we can all have confidence in our faithful God and Father 
that nothing in creation will ever separate us from his love.